Hey friends, welcome back to Real Life Marriage, where I'm your host, Candace Mummert. And on a great day, my husband, Aaron, joins me as the co-host. Whether I'm sharing tidbits and encouragement or interviewing people brave enough to share what goes on behind closed doors in their marriage, it's all for the goal of strengthening marriages. We're glad you joined us as we unpack the good, the bad, and everything in between when it comes to real life marriage. We were, we were having all the conversations that you have to have when you have a very young, busy family. Um, are the bills paid? Who's going to give baths tonight? What's for dinner? Can you go to the grocery store? So we had all of those conversations that we had to have in order for our family life to function. But we were not really talking about how we felt, you know, what was making us have joy and what was robbing us of joy. There was just, um, there was a definite disconnect. Here we are again, ready for another recap. Today we're recapping Jen and Chad Robson's interview, which hopefully you got to catch last week. If not, go back and grab it. But you just heard a clip where they were describing a time in their marriage where they were talking, but not communicating. And what a concept. That's kind of where we want to jump off from this week, right? Yeah. As Jen was just uh, describing what the day in a life looked like for them in that time, they were, she was saying, you know, we were communicating about how the bills were getting paid, what was for dinner, who's doing bath time tonight, do you need me to go to the grocery store, <laughs> what's the laundry status this week? Like the checklist. The checklist. They, they were they were functioning as a family. And probably from the outside looked as a very healthy family, yeah. you know, a good a good couple, a good marriage. But they weren't talking. They weren't weren't emotionally invested in one another. Yeah, and I think it's probably really easy to slip into that, especially in the busyness of having young children, or if you're you know career motivated and you're looking for that promotion, or you're building a business. It's easy to slip into that place where. You're doing the things you have to do, but you're not actually communicating. Jen talked about how we we weren't sharing what gave us joy or what robbed our joy. Like not talking about the stuff that connects you with another person when you're just doing the checklist. A huge red flag that Jen mentioned was when she said that she would actually look forward to Chad being gone on trips because then she didn't have to feel alone even though he was home. So when he was gone, it was easier. And and that was like, whoa, waving a red flag when she said that for me. Because if you're if you're in a marriage where you feel lonely or alone, even though you're living with your spouse, doing life together to some extent, you need to get some help, right? I mean, you need yeah. to get into a community or a relationship with a, a couple that can pour into you or get counseling or, you know, something because that is not a healthy place to be. That's just not okay. No, no, it's absolutely not. It. I liked how, um, I think it was Jen shared that the the priorities, you know, at that time in, in their marriage and their walk, the kids were in front of Chad yeah. and her priorities. Her life revolved around her kids. And I think nowadays that can quickly happen mm-hmm. to, to a couple. The world um, is is demanding of good things. You, you know, it's not like there's... <laughs> They were making bad choices or, or or whatnot, but it was it was good, healthy things. Yeah. But um, it just was not investing in the marriage. Did not have the husband or the wife as number two with God, obviously as 
as number one. And I'm sure that that can happen with the men as well, but I would say in American society, it's more likely that us women fall into that in motherhood, that our children become the most important thing and then our husbands take a back seat. I've had that conversation with so many women. And and honestly, a lot of times the women are are finding ways to justify that. You know, what what else am I supposed to do? I have a toddler and a newborn baby. They have to be the priority. They can't feed themselves. They can't dress themselves. I've I've got to do everything for them. What else am I supposed to do? But ladies, that's really not an excuse. I mean, all of those things that you're saying are true, but it does not negate the fact that the order that the Lord has given us is that our husbands come before our children. And if we set our minds to it, we can be the best mother that we can be and still prioritize our relationship with our husbands. It just looks different in different seasons, right? Yeah. I mean, I remember times when to get a date night, And this was so not satisfying to me because I like getting out of the house. But I remember when there were times when we would literally have to put the kids to bed and then have our dinner and our glass of wine or a movie or whatever because... There either there wasn't a babysitter or there wasn't money for a babysitter or, you know, I didn't have a babysitter that I was ready to leave the kids with, whatever it was. But we had to be creative. Yeah, purposeful in that. and uh, well, you you stepped up, so I can't leave the can't leave the guys behind there. So you know, guys, obviously we may become distracted in our hobbies, sporting events. You know, football's coming up, uh, fantasy football, getting your <laughs> league together. I mean, if if we would just spend the same amount of time that we would do researching our draft picks for right. fantasy football, uh, with picking a date night for our wife in the next thirty days or sixty days. Um, that, that, I mean, that's what it, that's what it looks like. It's that prioritization. Yeah. And when you say it that way, like there's no excuse. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh yeah. So we've got to make it a priority. And then that was something that I mentioned in the interview too, is gosh, you guys, we give Satan wide open doors to come in and attack our marriages. I think that we, we date and we pursue and we plan the wedding and we plan the honeymoon. And then too often we put our feet up and we're like, okay, we're married. Mm, Yay. And we just put our feet up and go on with life. And then Satan just comes in and wrecks your marriage. But that's that intentionality again. We have to be intentional. Marriage is not easy and it doesn't come naturally. Your marriage will not get better just because you live together for a few extra years. You have to actually work at it continuously as you go through the seasons of life in order for your marriage to get better and stronger. And we sometimes use the the visual aid and we do this with our faith journey too. Mm -hmm. Like if you're not moving forward, if you're not growing and seeking and working on it, you are slipping backwards, like as if you're in a river, right? And if you sit still in a river, most rivers are moving. If you sit still (laughs) in a river, you will start flowing backwards. But as long as you're at least a little bit paddling, you can keep moving forward. And it's the same way with a healthy marriage. Yeah. And uh, Jen shared just how they were emotionally disconnected. And so what, what does that mean? What does that look like emotionally disconnected? You know, the house is functioning but we're just emotionally not um, together. And so, you know, we, we took some time and we talked about yeah. that and we wrote down, you know, are, are you sharing in your, in your dreams? What, what are your individual dreams or what are your family dreams? What are your desires? What is your passions? What is your season of passion right now? Um, year end goals, family goals, 
your career goals? Yeah. What is the Lord speaking to you as an individual or speaking to you as a couple? Um, what, you know, what, what verses or quiet time messages are you getting or um, recap on Sunday sermon that, that is emotionally connecting with your spouse on a daily basis. And it's not, it's not a big five course meal. Yeah. <laughs> at Del Frisco's or me. <laughs> right. I think a lot of those, um, things that Aaron just mentioned, they sound like monumental big decisions and things. But when you're just regularly talking and sharing and dreaming, they're not monumental conversations. It's just, like you said, staying connected. Where's your heart? Like I don't literally sit down at the date night and say, Aaron, where's your heart? What's your career goal? But because we have these ongoing conversations, I can say, all right, what you thinking this week? Mm-hmm. And, and we just jump right back in. And I'll be honest, because we have been really diligent about date nights. And even now, like we're once a week, we're getting away. Hallelujah. Uh, because we're in that season of life. And, and I sometimes worry like, oh, wow. We were out six days ago. Is there going to be enough to talk about and fill? Because we usually just talk, talk, talk the whole time. It's wonderful. We don't run out of stuff to talk about, y'all, because we're dreaming together. And funny story, full disclosure, I don't know. But Aaron's been dreaming about real estate and and investment opportunities and things like that for years, really. Mm -hmm. I mean, studying and reading books and talking to mentors and, you know, really getting all of his ducks in a row for opportunities. And so it's something that we've talked about a lot we haven't taken the plunge yet, but that's something that we continue to dream about and plan for. And well, what would this look like? And so you have those kinds of common goals and ways to support and encourage one another. And that's the way you stay emotionally connected is having those conversations. I mean, you're, you're, you're doing life together. Yeah. I mean, that's what we always you're say. You're connected. Yep. I'm walking down the journey together, which, you know, God willing, your marriage will outlast any other relationship. Right career, retirement, kids in the house. Yep. So why would you not invest? (laughs) Right. Something else that we're going to talk about in this recap is the way Chad and Jen pursued Jesus as they were healing in their marriage. And so I'm going to jump ahead to that for just a minute. But when you are pursuing the Lord side by side with your spouse, even if your walks aren't in exactly the same place, but you're both pursuing the Lord, that is a great topic to emotionally connect on it. Nothing warms my heart more than when Aaron's like, man, let me tell you what the Lord told me this morning. Or wow, this verse really jumped out at me. Or I I believe that the Lord has given me this vision. Let's see how it's going to play out. When you get to share like that in your marriage, it builds trust. It builds intimacy. It points you both toward the Lord together. There's, There's a support and an intimacy that comes from that. That's just awesome. <laughs> yeah, absolutely it is. And I think uh, what I love, the success with Jen and Chad's story is just that they, they were faced with troubles, um, with the challenges. I love Jen's, um, her, her walk in the snow with, Lord, with the Lord. Yeah. She shared that story where um, she really felt the Lord say, I have something great for you. And uh-huh. she got excited. And I know we've all done this. <laughs> and we we put together the package that the Lord needs to give us. And right. I, I believe she said it was, you know, a fat bonus. And we were going to go away on a vacation and work on our marriage. Yeah. And, you know, probably the Lord chuckling, saying, no, actually, it's it's a job loss and, and marriage problems exposed. So now you're stuck at the house together and you have to right. work on it. So 
Um, but yet they, they both um, were faced with that, both those difficulties, and um, they chose as individuals to pour into the Lord. I mean, there was a why in their life that as individuals, they had to choose, what am I going to do here? Mm-hmm. And they both chose wisely and went and pursued the Lord as individuals. And then ultimately as a couple came back together, they had the same counselor that was working on both their hearts, yeah. um, de- dealing with fears. And you're referring to the Lord. Yes. The, yes. the counselor. The counselor. The yeah. great counselor. Yeah. Because they were both seeking the Lord. Yeah. And, the, and as they were working, as Jen shared, rebuilding trust, um, that she would she was able to lay down some fears because she trusted in the Lord and Chad was seeking the Lord. And so that it, it was easier, not yeah. <laughs> easier, not, yeah, not, not simple, easy. but yeah. yeah. Yes. Some of us, some of you out there that are listening need to hear that nugget that when trust must be rebuilt, it is okay and probably one of the best things you can do to put your trust in the Lord as he guides you back to trusting your spouse. Because rebuilding trust is a drip at a time, Mm -hmm. right? Like like they say, you lose trust by the bucket full and you gain trust one drip at a time. So it's a process and it's to be expected that it's going to be have to be earned and that it's going to take time. And in the meantime, trust the Lord. Jen even said, I trusted that if other things needed to be revealed in our marriage, the Lord would let that happen. And so it's not, what if Aaron's not telling me something? What if Aaron's keeping a secret? What if Aaron's hiding something from me? But it's, Lord, if something needs to be revealed, let it be. We trust you and we know that you are for marriage and you are a loving father who wants us healed and whole Trust that the Lord will reveal. Trust that the Lord will change your spouse's heart or your heart or, you know, whatever it is, is a good place to start as you start to trust your spouse again. Yeah, and I remember Jen sharing um, that as they were facing um, this challenge, it seemed like it was going to be this huge tsunami or tidal yeah, wave. Yeah, tidal wave, yeah. And it, but yet they said, we're going to go after it with the Lord. And then by the time they said, as they're looking back, it was really just a small little wave, but yet... Facing that mountain, that giant, it was so huge, but walking with it, walking with the Lord through it, it was just one little, one little bump, um, all said and done, but yet an ultimate testimony for them as a couple. And that's an illustration of faith. Yeah, absolutely. Because it it absolutely could have been a tidal wave. And to some couples, unfortunately, it's a tidal wave that wrecks their marriage. Uh, But it was really just a small wave, the way they described it, because of their faith, because of their trust in the Lord, because of their desire to know him better and to overcome this obstacle. Yeah. yeah. I loved how Jen shared some of the, maybe the practical steps um, that they, they were using for the to, trust, for the, trust the, the total access, mm-hmm. um, no secrets. What does no secrets look like in, in today's technology world? That's, you know, free access to all passwords, cell phones. Yeah. Webs- um, yeah. All your, all Emails. your mm-hmm, uh, social media. Um, it, she talked about uh, no meals with the opposite sex, mm-hmm. um, riding in cars with the opposite sex, mm-hmm. and just two people. Um, those are those are healthy boundaries for yeah. the marriage, purposeful boundaries for the marriage. In today's standards, they would actually be weird. I think your the world will look at it and says, "Well, what, what, that seems weird. Mm-hmm. Why are you doing that?" But it's actually you're taking a stand for your marriage and saying it is actually number two of my priority and I want to protect it. 
and not allow a crack in the window to allow Satan in yeah. in my marriage to, to cause a mess. Yeah, I, that was a, a new concept to me, not just at this interview, but probably about, uh, I'm going to say 10 years ago, but I had never really thought about that whole safeguard of being with the opposite sex and that sort of thing. And I was delivering a meal for a family and I knocked on the door and the the husband answered the door and he said, I would welcome you in, but, but she's not home. My wife's not home right now. And so I just, I can't let you in the door. And I, oh, well, that's okay. I'm just dropping a meal off anyway. But it really got me thinking. And the story behind that was that he had been accused of, Um, being unfaithful before in his life. And so he had those safeguards set up so that nobody could ever say, I saw a woman walk in your house and walk back out or anything of the sort. And that was the first time that I really thought, wow, you know, it stinks that we have to take those kinds of actions. But at the same time, my gosh, let's set ourselves yeah. up for success. They, they were in our small group. Yes. So it wasn't like a stranger. No. Or- oh, no. These were <laughs> friends of ours. We worshiped together. I mean, like, but he just had that standard because he was never going to be accused of something like that again. Yeah. And and so for Jen and Chad, that's a way of life also to set themselves up for success. Absolutely. Another thing about Jen and Chad's story that really got my attention is how when the problems were revealed in their marriage, they didn't start immediately trying to fix their marriage or fix each other. Mm -hmm. They both immediately started seeking the Lord even more intentionally. And I feel like so often we forget that step. And and maybe I'm speaking to me, and I know some of you out there, uh, you know, have similar traits. I'm a fixer. Like, if I do the right thing, if I do it at the right time, if I do my best on this, like, I can fix it. I can make it work. And too often I dig into fixing something before I just seek the Lord and give the Lord time and space to start doing his fixing, right? And so I think that's one of the greatest strengths that they had on their side as they started to repair their marriage was that they both started seeking the Lord. Jen didn't immediately start saying, Chad, this is what you need to do differently. This is what you need to fix. This is what you have to do to re-earn my trust. And Chad didn't on his side either. Yeah, They were seeking the Lord. Yeah. And, and that's where that overflow of faith and trust comes from. Like when Jen said it was a job loss and marital problems revealed, that could have been, they could say, oh my gosh, it was the worst year of our lives. And instead she sees it from the perspective of a gift that the Lord forced us to be together without a job working on our marriage. You know, that's a perspective thing because of the faith they have for God is for marriage, God is for us, God loves us, and he wants our marriage to heal. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully that just speaks to a, another couple that maybe is in, in a rocky rocky bottom or is challenging and, and would give you hope and direction and encouragement that it's worth the time. It may seem that going off and having quiet time or prayer time isn't directly attacking the problem, but it, it is. You're, yeah. you're getting advice and and favor the Lord's favor because to be honest it's it's a humbling task to walk before the Lord and and look at yourself and say although I have a laundry list of wrongs that my spouse has done <laughs> um, what what do I need to work on Lord and we can receive that from the Lord those those things that he is going to still chisel away on us or yeah. or refine within us 
Yeah, absolutely. So to wrap things up today, we're going to give you a tangible tool that you can use that will help to make sure that you are communicating with one another, not just talking. And this is a tool that we've grabbed from another couple. It's nothing that we developed or discovered or anything, but um, we're going to call it the spoon conversation. There you go. We don't even really know what it's called, but we're going to call it the spoon conversation. And the idea is that you have a spoon. It doesn't really have to be a spoon, but you have an object that you're holding and whoever's holding the spoon, it's their turn to talk. And the other person is not allowed to interrupt or disagree or give their feedback or anything because they don't have the spoon, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, so if I have the spoon and I'm done. I have to listen. Right, right, right. And then I'm done. Then I pass you the spoon. Okay. And you tell me what you just heard me say. Okay. And this is, you know, Jen and Chad talked about this, where you're like, well, what I heard you say was, or what I thought you meant was, one of the keys to this tool is that you have to have permission to get it wrong. Mm -hmm. So if I say, Aaron, I don't care where we go to dinner, and you say, what I hear you saying is... You don't want to go out. Mm -hmm. I can't get mad at him and be like, why would you think that? Of course I want to go out. I have to calmly say, no, I really do want to go out. I just don't care where we go. And so you can't get defensive. You've got to be able to listen and and restate things. And Because really what you're doing is making sure that you're hearing one another. And as Jen and I laughed at... Our husbands are engineers and we are communicators. We're teachers. <laughs> and so our brains work so differently. And Aaron and I, it took years for us to figure this out. Did you steal this from the first grade classroom? I mean, it's whatever, <laughs> whatever. He always thinks I'm bringing out my textbooks on him. But yeah, so it's, it's important to say what I hear you saying is blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah. Yes. And you trade that spoon back and forth. And really that's when you know, I'm going to shut my mouth and I'm going to listen And then if we misunderstand one another, we can restate it to be Mm -hmm. sure we're hearing one another. So we challenge you guys to give it a try, especially if you struggle in communicating and really hearing one another. But you have permission to get it wrong. You have permission to even disagree. It's okay. You're still communicating and working through that. Stay on one team, Again, yes, you're on the team together. Uh, We were just talking to a couple the other day about budget, and we were like, you have to be, you're on the team against the budget. You're not against each other working on the budget. And I think that that communication thing is the same thing. You're not against each other communicating. You're trying to understand one another. So stay on the same team. Nobody gets hit over the head with the spoon or anything like that. Soft object. (laughs) Okay, maybe if necessary, right? All right, well, it's been fun again. Yes. Thanks for joining us. We look forward to the next time. And by all means, if there's a topic that you'd like to hear more about or if you have a couple in mind that have a fabulous story to share, send that information our way. We would love to have your input. Uh, We want you to be as much a part of this podcast as you want to be. So... Go love on one another, and we'll talk to you next time. Take care. Thanks for listening today. If you enjoyed the podcast, please take a minute to leave a review and share it with a friend to be part of Strengthening Marriages. Until next time, be sure you're loving on relationships.